DAC members rely on the club to ensure that every experience is exquisite. Every detail attended to and every guest is left in awe. That immense level of trust might present itself as soon as you pull up to the atrium and encounter a member of our valet team. Hi, I'm Kim Solarski. On this episode of Heard in the Lobby, Nancy Abley, Jerome Douglas, and Dreek Triplett step away briefly from their duties to explain why they have served so well for so long. Nancy, in October, 44 years yes. at the DAC. Jerome, 39. Dreek, 23. If you add up the three of you, that's 106 years of service to our members. How does that feel? 106 years? That's a long time. It's crazy. Didn't think it'd be that long, you know? <laughs> DAC members, uh, good afternoon. <laughs> and uh, love you. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's been a ball. I was laid off from General Motors uh, 39 years ago. And uh, I was at the house doing nothing. And I had a friend who had been laid off from General Motors too, who uh, got a, had a job in the locker room, called me at the house and said, hey man, you're not doing anything. Come down here with me because I guess they had a job opening and I wasn't doing anything. And so I said, okay then, because he was a good friend of mine. And for him to even thank me as a person to call meant, meant something. So I wasn't going to let him down. I came down here, put on my suit and applied for the job, got the job, and the job was washing cars, $2 a car. Tell me, what were you doing at GM? What plant were you at? Oh, I was at the Fleetwood plant on 4th Street in Springwell, and uh, matter of fact, it's closed now. I thought I was going to be here a minute, and I was going to get back to General Motors, but uh, what, 39 years later, kids grown, grandkids, I'm still here, and uh, no one has asked me to leave yet. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, I'm trying not to push my luck. <laughs> as, as I tease, as I tease one of my favorite jokes, uh, I have been accused of loitering a few times. <laughs> Nancy, you're the, the senior member of this group, the most experienced, not, not the oldest, because we're not going there. Um, how did you come to the DAC? That's kind of a funny story. I was bartending um, at our local um, bowling lanes. And um, I was newly divorced and had two kids. And um, so I was working the night shift, basically, and getting off at 2 in the morning. So then I would go home, let the sitter do all that stuff, and then get up with them and get them off school. And um, I met John DeLora, who used to be our bowling manager for umpteen years also. And uh, he bowled in the Men's Classic League at this um, place. So um, I said, you know, keep your ears open. I said, I'm looking for a day job. I said, I need, I need to be home at night now. I just, kids are getting bigger, you know. So he came in the next week and he said, there's an opening in the catering office at the DAC. And I said, catering? I said, what do you do? You know, and he said, I think you put a hamburger and french fries together. <laughs> I thought, darn, I can do that. And I had the beverage background because of working there, so I applied. He put in a word for me, and I came back, five interviews, and um, Mick Bosler was our manager at the time. 
So I came back in the fifth interview, they hired me, and I had one person that was training me that we only had two in the catering office at that time. And about a month later, she quit. And I'm like in the busy season by myself down there. And every night I go home and cry. And I thought, I can't do this. How am I going to do this? You know, but everybody was so helpful. Um, the chef and the Fred Erdman and um, you name it, all the captains there and everything, they really helped me and showed me what to, you know, guided me through this. So, so it worked out pretty good. But that was before we even had computers or anything so everybody our reservations were in huge big books all rooms and everything they had to you know write down and you had a typewriter so you would type up the orders but plenty of night I would bring home these books to alphabetize for events you know and I you know it was crazy but yeah so it was fun and I'm so fortunate that I got that opportunity and I was there 27 years and then I moved over to ballet so why did you decide to move to valet? My mom was kind of on her last legs, and I was her only caregiver, and so it got pretty tough trying to do catering and and do uh, take care of my mom. So, mm-hmm. so I thought best, and I just you know it was sad. I didn't want to leave catering. I really liked it, but but actually valet has opened up a whole new. So I saw people that I usually book parties for and they see people that they park cars and go in and work out. So now I'm seeing the other side of membership where I didn't have that before. So it's been good. Great. Dreek, how did you come here? Well, actually um, I started in security. So I had four years in security as a subcontractor. and then I moved to the cashier job. So actually it's about 27 years in total. But um, as the cashier job, 23. And you uh, have a whole other life outside of here. Yeah. Um, I, I also currently work at 36 District Court. Um, I've been there 25 years as a court officer. Um, so I go there in the morning. And after that, I come over here at DAC. That takes a lot of energy, my friend. It does. It does. I, I, I've been doing it a while, so it's, it does. I and um, well, actually, when I when I left in security, Jerome and Charles Hunter um, recommended I take um Charles Hunter's job when he retired. So Jerome had a lot to do with me um, doing the job I do now. So I owe it to him. Nancy, as as the person who's been around the club longest. Um, you talked about seeing the other side of it from your catering career to how things look from valet. So what's the difference in that perspective? Uh, it's, I think I was busier in catering <laughs> and worked more hours in catering. This is, I love it, 8.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. So so this I'm enjoying right now um, in my twilight years. So, um, But I think... I don't know. I'm getting to know the members now that come in and park more after so many years of being there. But before it was like, you know, don't you know so-and-so? No, I don't. Don't you know? And I find myself not, uh, and you know everybody right off the bat. So, Dreekas comes to my office, or comes to my office, comes to the podium out there for a minute during the day. And, oh my God, it's just crazy when they see him, you know, yelling, screaming. They're like little bobby socks. Dreek! No. Dreek has a fan club. He has a big fan club, yes. I hate him. And this guy, too. 
So. Jerome has the fan club, trust me. Okay, Nancy, now you're going to dish on these two and, and their fans. No, they're, dish on them, there's nothing to dish. What you see is what you get. They're super, super human beings. And I think that's why I enjoy that position, because of Jerome. And he just makes me laugh every day. And, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, he's just, he's great. Gets his job done, loves the people he works with, and, uh, and the members. And, and it shows, both of you. And just to chime in on that, the members make it so fun. And, you know, they, they treat us like family. Yeah. Um, we're, we, we feel like we're extended family of, the, of their family. So, so that makes it all fun. That makes it all fun and enjoyable. And that's real. What I've been experiencing since COVID hit, you know, we weren't working for those months. And then you come back. And I've known these members since they've been, like, in their 40s. Well, now in their 80s, and now they're passing away. And that was just so hard. It was like every week we were hearing of another member that we've known for so long passing away. So it was a kind of a hard six months or eight months, I think, for a while. Yeah, it's, and, like, uh, it's like a losing family, you're right. Yeah, he just feels so bad. And, um, and you just saw him a week before or something, you know. And that's what's shocking. So. How do you form a relationship with members whom you see for just a few seconds at a time. You've been able to build this, I know there's great affection for all of you, but how does that happen in such short little bursts or increments? I think we see them on a consistent basis. So, you know, the conversation piece goes a little further each time. You know, if you see someone on a consistent basis, you, you just naturally get to know them better. Yeah. And all the names, you remember everybody's name. How is that? Well, speaking personally for myself, the gentleman, he talked about Charles Hunter that uh, trained me on the job. He said one of the keys to this job, because this is a private club, is learning people's names. Because every member likes to be recognized. You remember paying dues, and you walk by, and don't anybody know your name. It's crazy. It's like self incident and this would relate to when my man used to walk into Cheers mm -hmm. and they have, what's his name? Norm. 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 And that's what, and that's what it's like. They, like. Members like to be recognized and I don't blame them. They pay their dues and they walk about every day and you don't know who they are. No. The right thing is to learn their names because they feel comfortable with it. And I find what happens to me is I remember their club numbers. You know, so when they'll come up and I go, yeah, and I'll write down their club number. They go, how did you know that? You know, and there's numbers that just stick in your head. I'm sure you do that too. That's very tricky. I know, and uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting. So, who are some of the the more notable names? I know all of our members are movers and shakers. Um, are there any people, uh, maybe VIPs? special guests, interesting folks who've come through the club that that you observed or that you had any interaction with? Well, one of, one of my favorite stories that I tell people at, that don't know anything about the club who have never experienced this place, I said, listen, everybody know who the Fords are. You buy a car, Ford is on, on the car. Everybody know who they are. I said, but they are some of the most nicest politest, humblest people I know. I said, I be standing under that canopy and have my back turned looking that way. And all of a sudden I hear somebody say, hey, Jerome, 
and I turn around and it's Elsa Ford. And he makes an effort to speak. He could walk right by it, I would not, but he makes an effort to speak at all times. And the Ford family, all of them, I guess because they used to be who they are. They are very polite and humble. No big heads amongst the whole bunch. And it's just amazing. I, 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 I tell everybody that story. That's beautiful. Yep. Dreek? You know what? Um, I'm not going to say any individuals. You know, all our members are, are, are very nice and courteous. And, and like I said, they treat us all like family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any VIPs come through, like governors or presidential um, yeah. candidates? Yeah. We've, we've seen a couple governors. Um, um, we've seen a couple president candidates. So, yes, it, that's one of the perks and benefits of the job that you, DAC is the place to be. When I was in uh, catering, we had George, the first Bush, George Bush, mm-hmm. um, come to, um, had a luncheon up in their main dining room. And afterwards, I got my photo with him. So I had that in my TV room. And, you know, it's kind of special. And then also with the Stanley Cup, um, I did. Um, Atanas's wedding, and um, so in repayment, when they won the cup, he brought all the people, the staff that worked on his wedding. So we went into the reading room, and we have a nice photo with the with the cup, and just you know, Mr. Illich, and that's just special, you know. It is special. That is special. I agree. All of our members are special, Drake. Absolutely. Um, You've probably seen generations of DAC families. Oh man! Yes. Grow up. Who are some of those families? Well, well, the Walworth family is one of the families that I am really, really close to. And I knew Mr. Walworth before he got married, then after he had got married, and saw his kids grow up. And now they're all grown. And they are like my nieces and nephews. And he's my brother, and she's my sister. Man, we are real tight. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, it's like that. All of us can tell that story as far as uh, seeing kids grow up and become men and women. It is something. I, I just, uh, I don't know if I want to plan to be a hang around and see the grandkids. I don't know <laughs> if I can do another run. <laughs> when I was doing weddings, I would do the wedding and uh, the uh, the members and then their kids you'd see their kids grow up and you know come then i got to fortune enough to do the wedding of their kids so um that's that's kind of cool you know and now i see their grandkids coming through with it you know so it's like a whole cycle and it's nice to be part of that cycle being an intimate part of someone's life. I mean, you're you're planning gatherings right. that people are going to remember. Right. Um, you know, you're welcoming guests to weddings and and other you know life yeah. occasions that people will never ever ever forget. And you're contributing to that. I would say. I don't know if you feel that way. Oh no, <laughs> definitely. Okay. All right. Um, do you all want to say anything about each other? Yeah, Nancy is my adopted big sister. Going into the details, I lost my uh, oldest sister to cancer, Vanessa, about three or four years ago. And uh, 
I said Nancy kind of uh, took her place, and when I come in, if my uniform not straight or something, she makes sure I'm looking decent. I, I always ask her, "Am I looking good?" Because I always want to be presentable when I'm dealing with members or whatsoever. And she always looks at, and this guy right here, everybody knows this is my guy. He he's my brother. I tell everybody this is my god brother right here, and we've been hugging each other for the longest. You know, his daughters are my nieces and whatsoever, and uh, he looks out for me, make sure I'm doing the right thing. Instead of me tutoring him, he's tutoring me. <laughs> it's funny because I'll say before Dreek comes in, I'll say to Jerome, is Dreek working tonight? And he goes, he'll be here. I don't know if he'll be working. You know, <laughs> same old thing. I'm like, oh, that's oh, nasty. That's my inside joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, hey, Jerome has been, he, he is a big brother to me, you know. Um, I love this guy. Hey, I can't, I they don't make him like him anymore. I, that's that's the best way I can put it. Nancy, Nancy, I call Miss Nancy Miss Abley. She, she calls me Miss Abley all the time. Never she, Nancy. She she's she's like the big sister. She um she makes sure everything is okay for her. So that's she puts everything in order for her. So the shift can run smoothly. So we appreciate that and um, appreciate her being here. Thank you. It makes a big difference. Start calling me Nancy. <laughs> feel old when you say Ms. Abley. No. <laughs> I'm sure your families um, support you in your life and your efforts. You were supporting your mom. Um, did you all, three of you, grow up in Detroit? Are you from here? Uh, I'm from uh, the Ferndale area mm-hmm. and uh, still live there. Um, it's fun, interesting. When we, my mother and I used to come down to Hudson's and we would park right across the street on Madison you know there and she mentioned to me a couple times she said that's the Detroit Athletic Club and like and I'd say she said your uncle and your cousins are members there I said oh okay so little did I know years later that I'd actually be working there and I think of that a lot that's kind of a you know interesting uh, point to me Mm -hmm. Jerome how about your family well my mother God bless her so she made a transition my mother had was my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. I can never say enough about my mother. She's a Hall of Famer. But uh, as far as the rest of the family go, because of this club, and thank you, DAC, I was able to raise all my kids, uh, take care of them, and and make sure they were taken care of well, uh, nieces and nephews, and look out for them. Because real quick, I used to have a prayer what I got on my knees all the time was, Lord, put me in a position that if my family needed me, I could always be there for them. And because of this club, I was able to fulfill that. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. Dreek, I'll let you weigh in. The, gl- the club has been good to me, extremely well to me. My family has been um, extremely appreciative of the club. Um, you know... We spend a lot of time here, and and we spend a lot of we be, we become family within families at the club, and my family is appreciated of that. I've been able to take care of my kids and and do wonderful things for them, and that's all because of DAC. Do you want to name your kids? Name and oh, and let's give some kids, shout outs. My, yeah, the kids are my kids are the love of my life. I have a. <laughs> older daughter um, who is a nurse now Drashana Triplett and I have my youngest daughter is Jada Triplett who is 
who actually has one more year of school and they're, they're the pro hey they're the sunshine of my life Jerome well there's my oldest boy Antonio uh, he's a cook at Motor City Casino uh, Jerome James, the middle boy that's named after my father, he's running the basketball camp in Arizona. And Jerome Jr., uh, he's a high school coach down there in Missouri. They, they love that basketball, can't get it out of their system. So this is what they like to do, and this is what they do. Mm. How about you, Nancy? Um, I have two sons. Um, my oldest is a um, uh, computer um, programmer, um, works at home in Delaware. And I have two grandkids uh, with them, um, 13 and going to be 12, so a uh, boy and a girl. And then I have my other son, Greg, who um, is also, was a bartender um, at the, in the tap room here at the DAC. So he was bartending for about three years and doing weddings, you know, and stuff. So um, it was interesting because he said, Mom, he said, can I just call you Nance when we're at work? Because he said, I feel like, Mom, how do I, you know. So I said, yeah, that'd be fine. So that's how that came about. And he'll even call me Nance when we're out, you know, and everybody goes, you call your mom by your first name? And he goes, yeah. I mean, that's how we do it. And it was kind of cute. So. But, um, yeah, they were eight and nine when I started, and now they're in their 50s. So. Great, great. Well, we can't do any of this without our families, right? Both our work families and our home families. Yep. So that's really important. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to go on the record with? Anybody? Jerome? Well, well, I, I want to say this. Now, Vegas had a term, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I want to say this right here. I'm the one that started this. I'm the first person I used to say, whatever happens at the DAC stays at the DAC. Vegas stole it from me, and I think we should sue them. <laughs> I want my money. <laughs> Thanks to you all, Nancy Abley, Jerome Douglas, and Dreek Triplett. I think it's safe to say the affection you feel for members is at least as much as they feel for you. Heard in the Lobby is a production of the Detroit Athletic Club's communications team. Special thanks to Ben Mangus, Aaron Hill, and our engineer, Martin Bandike. Please visit THEDAC.com and check us out on Facebook and Twitter for the latest news and events at your club. I'm Kim Solarski. Talk to you soon. <laughs>